Lockdown. Our daily podcast to keep you sane during the chaos. 21 days, 21 professionals. Plus 14. 35 days, 35 professionals. To keep you sane during the lockdown extended edition. Hello and welcome to day 33 of our podcast and day 33 of lockdown. Two more days to go until the lockdown is lifted and we go into stage four and two more days of our podcast. My name is Kirsten Farkelson and with me, the wonderful Danielle DeToy. Today we have a very special returning guest. She has been one of our favorite episodes. Marilyn Reed is a Christian counselor and family coach. She has specialized in marriage and family with a master's degree in that field and also has an undergraduate degree in education and theology. Her heart is for relationships and for people to enjoy all of the resources that are available to them as they embrace loving bonds that bring healing. Today, she is going to be speaking to us about emotion coaching and it is absolutely incredible content. Marilyn, we are so excited to have you with us again today. Thank you so much. It is great to be back. Marilyn, thank you so much for being with us again. We really so enjoyed having you the last time that we just, we had to pick your brain again. So thank you very much. Could you tell us a bit about the concept of emotion coaching today? I was first introduced to the concept of emotion coaching by reading the contributions that John Gottman made to relationship counseling. He studied couple relationships and their transition into parenting and also the emotional development of children. And he explains that the real cradle that a baby is raised in is the emotional climate between the parents. In other words, how parents get along directly impacts their children. He also explains that parents can emotionally coach their children and that this adds to their well-being. Gottman did what he is known for, empirical research, and he engaged in a variety of scientific studies that came to the conclusion that understanding the emotional source of children's behavior was one of the keys to good parenting. Now, as a parent, I think that what I am most aware of is that it is impossible to get it all right in parenting. And most of the parents I know are inclined to question and doubt their parenting skills quite rigorously. And we engage in a lot of self-doubt. But what is really helpful is to apply a research-based roadmap to help us on our journey in parenting, especially with emotion coaching. Emotion coaching is simply a process by which parents can help their children regulate their emotional world. And it can help parents, especially when we are feeling a bit overwhelmed by our children's feelings, which are directing their behavior. I think, Marilyn, that what you've said there is so important, just to be aware of the feelings and how we can get overwhelmed by them and to introduce us to this concept of emotion coaching. Why would you say emotion coaching is important and what should parents know about emotion coaching? Emotion coaching is important because it really gets parents to the heart of what is happening inside the children. It gives us as parents a, an incredible opportunity to connect with our children, even in their worst moments. As parents, we spend a lot of time focusing on academic or sporting achievements. And while that's not necessarily a bad idea, 
we can also invest in what builds the foundation to manage our children's academic achievement and sporting success and the disappointment and the discouragement that often happens in the lives of our children. For parents, it's helpful to know that being human means that we experience multiple emotions, sometimes even conflictual ones, and that these emotions are often simultaneously. Our daughter simply identified this when she was saying goodbye to a puppy when she was little from a litter that our sausage dogs had had. She called it the happy sand, a clear paradox of emotions, happy for the child that was taking the puppy away and very sad for herself. And feeling different, almost paradoxical feelings is well supported by research. What is most significant though about her particular moment is that we can feel an uncomfortable feeling even if someone hasn't done something wrong. We are quick, especially with our children, to assign a victim and a villain to situations. And sometimes children and adults can be sad or disappointed when no one has actually done something wrong. This is an important concept to think about when we're thinking about our thinking and feeling our feelings. And a simple tool is just to ask ourselves a question originally identified by Cloud and Townsend, who were the authors of Boundaries book. And I've tweaked the question a little bit. If I'm sad, does it mean that someone else is necessarily bad? Because usually and hopefully and often, the answer is that I'm sad and there's no actual villain causing my sad feelings, which is very evident in the puppy story. There was no victim or villain, even though we had a very sad little girl in our home. This is a very useful tool for children and adults and can be a helpful prerequisite for emotion coaching, particularly regarding loss and disappointment. If a child isn't invited to a birthday party or gets dropped from a sports team, they might be sad. And it's helpful as parents not to apply and assign a villain to the story. They can be sad and no one is necessarily bad. That is so true what you say about how we often assign the villain and the victim. You know, I think about all the Disney stories and all the fairy tales, there's always a villain and there's always a victim. So that's so true what you say. Marilyn, what are some of the research and evidence-based roadmaps that can help parents and their children? There are many available and Job Gottman gives an outstanding resource, five simple steps, and it can be found in a book called Raising an Emotionally Intelligent Child. It's written for parents of children of all ages, and it can even be helpful for parents of adult children. Often what we didn't know we needed growing up, we realize we need quite desperately when we become parents and that is emotional intelligence or maturity and I think one of the things I love about learning is that it's never too late to learn a concept. John Gottman's first step is to be aware of a child's emotions. Kids feel and as parents we need to be comfortable with that without punishing them for feeling, without dismissing them and certainly without scolding them. This is the first step and it's something that requires some internal examination by parents with how they feel about having feelings, comfortable feelings and uncomfortable ones. And if parents haven't done some of this work personally, it's a good opportunity to start. Step two is to recognize the emotional expression of children as an incredible opportunity for intimacy and for teaching. Even negative feelings can be a point of connection and healing and growth. And instead of avoiding the negative feelings of their children, parents can use these negative feelings and actually 
given opportunity to move towards their children. Third, we listen empathetically and validate a child's feelings. For example, we might say something like, I can see that you're frustrated and I totally get it. Or yes, I completely understand why you would be angry right now instead of the opposite. There's no reason to be that frustrated or you really shouldn't be angry about that. Validation really gives permission for children to feel anything. Parents often get nervous here when I chat to them about it as they are afraid of engaging in something that is negative and, and nervous of making, making a situation worse. They're scared that it will indicate a lack of boundaries. And it's important to remember here that we never put boundaries on feelings and that we do put boundaries on behavior. And that's a significant differentiation for parents to make. The fourth step is where we help children to label their emotions in words that a child can understand. This is where they learn to put words and meaning to how they're feeling. It's really helpful for parents to do a Google search and get a chart of emotions. Most of us don't have all the words for what we are feeling. And increasing our vocabulary is helpful to understand what lies beneath the surface of the iceberg. Increasing our repertoire of feeling words helps us increase our emotional maturity. And then lastly, the fifth step, Gottman suggests that parents help children discover appropriate ways to solve their problems or deal with an upsetting situation. And they put boundaries in place here. Notice that we don't just jump in and solve the problems for them, as tempting as that is for parents, as this actually prevents them from expanding their own capacity. It's in this step that we set limits or boundaries and redirect any misbehaving children for what they do, but not for what they feel. Now, what I love about children and what I've learned from my own children and many others that I've had the privilege of talking to is that they are geniuses. They have this incredible capacity to solve their own problems while in the safety of our love net. And usually with a motivation of love, we want to just jump in and do it for them. What they need is for parents to believe in them, not to solve their problems for them. They have this incredible capacity to work through solving their problems with incredible creativity. And with our side support efforts, with a love net, without us dictating how it should look, and without us doing it for them is best for children. Marilyn, I absolutely love what you've just said. I almost feel like I need to go and listen to it again and again and again. I particularly loved what you said about instead of avoiding negative feelings, really using it as an opportunity to move towards your children, as well as this believing in them and creating a capacity for creativity, this concept of a love net and allowing your children to solve their problems with you on the sidelines. I think that is something that is going to be impactful for listeners. What is your take home piece of advice for parents during lockdown? I think that it would be the same as my advice to all of us as parents in any difficult moment and in any easy moment, making sure that our kids know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they are loved unconditionally, no matter what. And that there is nothing that they can do that would take that love away. That they are not too much for us. And that we will always be a safe place for them that they can come to, even in their worst moments. That although we will always place limits on their behavior, there will never be limits on our love for them.
that is the most beautiful, beautiful sentiment. And there is very little that I can say that can thank you enough for, for giving that piece of advice. It was so beautifully said and so beautifully put. Um, so all I really want to say is thank you. Thank you, Marilyn. Thank you for having me. It has been an absolute privilege to work with you ladies and you have been an incredible inspiration with your resilience and how you have just been keeping at this and putting out the podcasts that have been so helpful to so many of us. Thank you. Thank you so much, Marilyn, for the incredible words that you've spoken over listeners today. I think, you know, just what really has struck me is the words that you said just now, you know, that there are going to be limits for children's behavior, but never limits for the amount of love that parents have for them. And I think that is such an incredible sentiment to leave listeners and to leave parents with. And I think that's going to really encourage so many parents and especially have an, an incredible impact on children's lives. So we want to say thank you so much for your time, for being with us again on, on the show and for all the effort that you have put in into the content and to the work. For those of you that want to contact Marilyn, you can contact her via email. That's Marilyn, M-A-R-I-L-Y-N-R at tevo, T-E-V-O So that's it for us. We will see you next time on How To Mental Health Lockdown Edition. Stay sane, everybody. We'll check in later. See you soon.